everybody. Welcome back to How Come. I hope you all had a nice Thanksgiving. If you were celebrating, if you didn't, I hope you had a nice normal Thursday. Ben and I are back with his parents after our 14-day quarantine. We had a nice Thanksgiving. We were with them at this little cabin. They are still there. We drove back so I could edit this episode. And um, on the way, we busted a tire. I don't know how this happened. Our car keeps just whatever. Every time I get good news, I have to get bad news too. So, or like the flip, like every time something bad happens, something good happens too. So yeah, we got a flat tire and then, um, it was fine because I have AAA, which is actually something that we're going to talk about in this. I don't know why this episode is going to be so AAA heavy, but yeah, even if you don't have a car, have AAA. Um, it is so helpful. Um, and also we were driving Grace back with us and the AAA guy was like, that's a beautiful cat you have there. And I was like, thank you. Like it really made my life. Um, why else is this episode late? Ah, because then we got back to Ben's parents' house and because we were without them, we fucked. And yeah, this episode's late because of that. And then also, oh, we discovered that the new Save by the Bell is incredible. Binge the entire season by accident. So good. Also, at one point in the show, um, a couple is like late to something. And the guy is like, yeah, we're late because we got in a car accident. The girl's like, yeah, we're late because we we're having sex. And yeah, this episode is late because of both and because of Saved by the Bell. And it's it's really good. Highly recommend. Um, and yeah, today's episode is all about weed, which is why it took even longer because usually I just, I edit these episodes and like I masturbate whenever I get horny listening to, whatever. It's part of the process. Um, but this episode, I just kept smoking because every time we were talking about smoking, I kept smoking. Um, yeah, it's a great episode and I might have to have all three of these guests back separately because they're all so awesome. Also, if you have any questions for these guests, um, go to patreon.com slash how come become a patron, send us a question for them with their name and like all of these guests and a bunch of other guests this season have like graciously agreed to come back on and, um, with video on patreon.com slash how come to answer your questions. So yeah, send us their name and what you want to ask them. Our first guest is the canisexual, Ashley Manta. Uh, she is an award-winning sex educator and coach and has become a very sought-after authority on mindfully combining sex and cannabis as part of her canisexual brand. She's the author of The CBD Solution, Sex, published in conjunction with Mary Jane and Chronicle Books. Um, she also writes for Playboy as a Playboy advisor. Ashley is the host of Elevated Intimacy podcast and offers online courses through her virtual portal, Elevated Intimacy Academy. She completed her certification as a body sex facilitator after studying with legendary pleasure pioneer Betty Dodson, and she is a brand ambassador for Sibian. Our next two guests are amazing comedians who also happen to be dating each other, but they are two of my favorites. Um, the first one is Courtney Reynolds. He is the host of Smoke Break Comedy, a 420-friendly comedy show, and uh, is currently promoting a music video with a Jamaican artist, Sakaj, while he'll be writing, directing, and starring in a sketch for their upcoming album. And our final guest is Chanel Ali. Chanel is a comedian and actress who has been featured in MTV's Girl Code, True TV's Laugh Tracks, and she recently released her debut comedy album called Chanel Number no. One, which is so funny. You have to get it. Um, and yeah, you guys. Oh, oh, so 
he, you were like, what's the bad thing that happened? Oh, no, you probably thought the sex was the good thing. It was. It really was good sex. And, like, you know that, like, we haven't been able to bang a lot. So, um, yeah, it was fucking great. And what I will say about the sex, too, is, like, I remember distinctly as a youngin when we learned about orgasms being like, oh, people make noises. And like my friend and I would be like, oh my God, what if we made noises that were like, ah, or like, ah, like what if we were, we were just very insecure about our noises. And I was just like listening to my noises this morning. And I was like, these are hot noises. Like I, I'm so sad that I was ever afraid. Um, but also another good thing that happened besides um, the sex was we are back on the charts, you guys. We are in the top 200 of um, comedy podcasts on iTunes now. And I, I love you guys. I don't know who did it. I don't. I think it was the rating and reviewing and subscribing. Um, so if you guys have been doing that, thank you so much. Um, if you haven't done it, go now, rate, review, subscribe, um, and follow us. Follow me at Remy Casimir. Follow How Come at How Come Podcast. Um, yeah, it's a great episode. Get excited. How come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just. You guys, I'm so excited for this episode. Please welcome my guests today, Chanel Ali and Courtney Reynolds. Hey. And the canisexual, Ashley Manta. Hello. Hello. How are you? So good. So good. Is everybody high today or no? Yeah. Yeah, but like most days. <laughs> like most days. Yeah. I'm a little high, but not not much. I've been my anxiety's been bad lately, so I've had to like cut back a little bit on my THC consumption. Mm. Oh my god! Like what you think? Like something bad is happening in the world, and it's got you stressed? That's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not like we're in the apocalypse or anything. <laughs> yeah, I I actually wanted to talk about anxiety. I guess later on, but let's bring it up in the beginning because this whole <laughs> this whole episode's gonna be about weed and whether it's helpful to us or not or other people or not and this is yeah. it's very like like everything else we say like if it works for you great if it doesn't and like leads you to an anxiety attack like maybe lay off but <laughs> i find that weed has really helped me relax in life and in sex and ashley's work follows that so let's talk about weed is it helpful for sex or is it just me it definitely can be and and it's on a lot of different levels i like to say that weed helps address the things that are getting in the way of pleasure, connection, and intimacy, mm -hmm. whether it's shame or feeling disconnected from your body mm. or pain and discomfort. And so depending on how you use it, and there are so many ways to use it, it will work mm -hmm. on different things. So for me, with my anxiety spiking right now, doing intoxicating methods is not my go-to. I'm more apt to do- What does that mean? Uh, smoking, vaping, dabbing, edibles, things that get you high. Okay, um, okay, I'm doing okay. more topicals okay. right now. Okay. So like CBDs, CBD lube, CBD THC lube. lube. I, I homebrew like, my own lube from mm -hmm. flower that Wait, I have what? flying around my house. So that works really nicely. Cool. <laughs> Hold on. Don't breathe over that. <laughs> not, oh my gosh. I feel like we're burying the lead. There it is. <laughs> In my book, there is a recipe for DIY weed lube because it's expensive. And like I work with mm -hmm. Foria. They're amazing. Their products are fantastic. But if you live outside of California or if you just don't have a budget 
mm. or weed lube, you can make it yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But you have to grow the weed, obviously. Well, you could have a friend. Perhaps you have a friend, you know, the barter economy. Like I used to trade all sorts of shit for weed. <laughs> As you just find a guy who needs shoelaces, random shoelaces. They always give me weed. <laughs> um, were you always a smoker or, I mean, and this is like an open question to everybody. Cause like, I feel like I really, I was afraid of weed from like, you know, like the time I learned about it in dare to even like mm -hmm. freshman year of college. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we're all in the same you boat. That movie kids, you know, when all the kids are doing drugs and at the end you find out all these kids yeah. have AIDS and they have no idea. They've just been living a life of debauchery. That scared me a lot, so I only did weed a few times, like, until I was in college. But I used to be a very anxious sweater. Like, mm -hmm. I used to sweat anxiously at any public function, at any type of gathering. And it's like comedy. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't explain why my anxiety would just, but it was always, like, uncomfortable. And as soon as I got comfortable getting high, I never sweat anymore. And even now in intimacy... I think weed makes me Interesting. feel a lot more confident in even being silly and just, you know, saying outright mm -hmm. if I'm uncomfortable so that I don't have to bury it inside and then sweat profusely. Um, so weed helps me a lot with mm -hmm. having anxiety mm -hmm. in every sense of my life, I think. Same. I feel like uh, I was the same like you guys. Like, my parents are actually Jamaican. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, for might be the 2% of Jamaica that doesn't smoke weed. Okay. And they're like really weird about it. Like they had this one high school friend that smoked weed that more than likely had PCP in it. <laughs> and he lost his fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> right? No like, like, like yeah. this guy was smoking some late shit. Like we used to go down to Jamaica every now and again. And to this day, he's walking naked through Kingston. Oh my God. Right? So. <laughs> Right. My parents had that guy to point to for my entire life and be like, don't smoke weed. Yeah. So I was scared my entire high school. I, I'm in the Poconos drug heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, people were smoking weed damn near right outside of the lunchroom. And I was just like, no, I'm an athlete. Yeah. And I got to college. I got to college and I was just like, you know, I haven't heard my dad's voice in over two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I, maybe i could do drugs and and you start meeting like well-functioning potheads yeah like, later yeah. in life and like people like are more open about it like i remember there was one time my sister was hooking up with uh a junior when she was in ninth grade shout out to charlotte oh, um she wore a lip liner she did no she didn't she didn't need to um <laughs> but um she was hooking up with this kid and there was one day she was like I think he's like messed up. Like he smokes weed alone. And I was like, oh, Charlotte, you must get out of there. <laughs> and like today I was like late for this recording because I was like smoking weed alone. <laughs> yeah. No, we considered canceling because we got really high. And you're yeah. like, what is life when you're doing that? It was 2.37. Yeah. I was just like, break up weed. I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky we made it. <laughs> um, Ashley, what about you? When did you discover the beautiful flower? So apparently, like everyone else on this podcast, I was also a dare kid and was super anti, like would not be friends with people who smoked weed, um, actually had like a trauma related experience when mm -hmm. I was 13 that the person who assaulted me was smoking weed. So I had really, really negative associations with it Ooh. for a long time. And yeah, totally. smelling it must have been horrible. Yeah, it was it was a lot of that. And then when I went to college and then grad school and I was studying philosophy, 
met a lot of people who smoked mm-hmm. weed, big surprise. Mm-hmm. And it was really like going to a philosophy conference and watching my professors smoke weed. And I was like, oh, like people with jobs smoke weed. Yeah. People who study okay. SART and existentialism yeah. smoke weed. Like, okay, that's that's probably fine. And I smoked for the first time and I was like, this is yeah. awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I had a bad first time because like it was in ninth grade and I tried it and I was at like some one of those bad girls houses and like I already was uncomfortable, which I would say don't smoke in in a situation you're already uncomfortable in like any drug. I feel like if you go like how you start the trip, not that you trip on weed, but how you start the journey like it like lays out how the journey is going to be. And like, if you're not comfortable with the people, like it might send you into like a little black, you know, like, like hole or like I left my shirt at this girl's house and I really liked that shirt. Mm. How old were you? 14. Wow. Yeah. That's young. That's traumatizing. But yeah. And then I didn't do it again until college. And I went to high school in California and just like in high school, that weed was too strong. It just was too crazy. We would get out of school and smoke a little, and then I would wake up at, like, midnight. Like, what did we do? I don't even know. What day? What happened? (laughs) So it just, to me, was like, I don't have time to do this drug. Like, this is taking a lot out of Mm -hmm. my day. But then once I started smoking alone, that changed everything. I was like, oh, this is a tool that will make me better. And I can use it in the way that I need. You know, it changed my whole perspective. Mm -hmm. Because it's less about a social Totally, totally. It helped me shut up. Like, I learned, like, in the, probably, like, in, like, senior year of high school, like, if you let me keep talking, I won't shut the fuck up. Right. I'm using so much restraint to do this four-person podcast. <laughs> crazy. Weed is, like, really helpful for, yeah, anybody who's, like, gets in your head or, like, if you think there always needs to be a conversation happening, like, it just lets you, like, chill. But um, there's something that Wendy Starling said on our first episode, which was that she didn't start doing drugs until her brain was formed yeah Mm -hmm. um and like she'd already done school and stuff and so i do think some of those people that we're meeting that are functioning potheads or the people that are even on this podcast that you're listening to (laughs) like we we waited you know yeah yeah we did yeah um now with all that out of the way i smoke so much weed you guys (laughs) (laughs) we got bongs off camera no big deal um courtney's got a bong Mm -hmm. um it's the best. It literally, I feel like it changes your life. And like, well, that sounds like an addict. But um, I feel like a lot of people grow up thinking that the only acceptable thing to do and like the cool thing to do is like party and get drunk and stuff. But like find the thing that like actually makes you happy. Yeah. It's like all those cliches are true. Yeah. Like you should be, you should be able to have friends around you or family or a significant other that makes you feel comfortable enough to be high. I think that's how I know Mm. if I'm really connecting with someone when I feel like, hey, can I tell you this crazy thing I just thought? And it's so crazy. And like, I just want to hold you when you were a baby. It's a random thought I just had. And someone reacts and be like, (laughs) that's cool. That's, I never thought of that, but that's cool. And Mm. it's just like, there's a safety net that you create uh, with weed. I think it's a community. I think it connects Mm -hmm. us. Yeah. And you guys are in a relationship. Would you say that big, uh, weed is a big part of your relationship? Yeah, yeah, I would definitely say that. Weed. I remember before we started dating, I used to fantasize about rolling a big blunt and having a guy come home from work and being excited that I have these uh. blunts rolled and we can smoke them together. Like, I didn't have grand plans yeah. <laughs> what we were going to do with weed, but I had smoked a lot. I had smoked a lot and dated people who didn't smoke 
or dated someone who yes. smoked way, way, way too much. And it wasn't yes. like healthy or productive. So I, I really mm-hmm. used to fantasize about the type of relationship, including we, that we have now. Yes. At our worst, a blunt can at least start the conversation you know? better tomorrow. Totally. You know, I mean, relationships you know I mean? are so much work. And to get down to the bottom and have to have really hard conversations sometimes and then be able to get a little lighter, literally get a little mm-hmm. lighter in the moment. A little higher. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we can really be honest and not say the most outlandish way to explain our feelings. Mm-hmm. Now, that does mean the conversation takes three more hours. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to yeah. do? That's three more hours with the person you love. Yes. <laughs> we, we laugh more in between. Of course. And then you're like, oh, my God, this needs to go in a show someday. <laughs> Like, this is the best conversation ever. (laughs) There's nothing better than, like, after the party, at the post game, when you're high and really getting to know somebody and getting, like, so deep and being like, how would you want to (laughs) die? Right? Are you cool with falling? Or, like, what is it that scares you the most? Yeah, it's a vulnerability. Yeah, and I remember rolling up, like him rolling up with me in his car before we were dating. We were just friends, comedians mm-hmm. who knew each other. And I remember noticing um, that he was not afraid of me in the way that I felt like a lot of other male comedians were often kind of mm-hmm. like intimidated by me. I was like, he's mm-hmm. like very comfortably, you know, showing me this weed and we're going to have sh- this session together <laughs> and kind of share this like intimate I don't know, in his car smoking weed thing. And I'm excited to see what we talk about. You know, I feel comfortable already. Wait, how did you end up in his car smoking weed? Were you going to a gig or something? Yeah, I think he was giving me a ride home from like an open mic or something. <laughs> nice. I don't know. He used to he used to offer a lot to give me a ride and to take me places. And we would always match. <laughs> we would always match weed, which I thought was impressive for a male. Nice. Weed. He would be like, I have my weed too. I'd be like, I have my weed too. And we'd mix the weed. <laughs> And make a little thing together, and then we'd smoke it. And I used to always feel like I was smoking people out, or mm-hmm. people were smoking me out. Same, like, yes. Never felt even, and I was like, this guy has his own weed. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> two smoke out people came together, and we're like, we don't need nobody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's a, it a blunt just keeps coming back. Yeah. Have you, Ashley, ever dated somebody who was like judgmental of smoking? Not since I became mechanosexual. Like, right. At this point, that is for sure a prerequisite, if, especially because I don't drink. Like, if you don't smoke mm-hmm. weed, like, what would yeah, yeah, we yeah. even have to do together? And also, like, psychedelics. Like, if you're, yeah. you're not at least mildly psychedelics friendly, eh, we're probably not going to get along too well. Because, like everybody said so far, it is such a great way to connect with people to just mm-hmm. bear your soul and have these incredible conversations conversations and also resolve conflict in a really intentional, like grounded way. As a relationship coach, I find it to be an incredible tool for my clients who are like struggling with communications, like just smoke a little Mm -hmm. bit and then say what's on your heart. (laughs) Therapists used to give couples like Molly or like, you know, ecstasy or whatever to like rebond. And like, while that is like very cool to think about. (laughs) It's not safe because Molly can like burn holes in your head. You could like become dehydrated. All types of things could go wrong. Like there's a full two years I don't remember. (laughs) I had a dog. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, But like with smoking weed, it's like, A, it's like safer. But I also, I think about when Ben and I are fighting and I light up a joint and then I inhale 
Like it just reminds you to like breathe. Breathing, man. And we don't do that nearly enough in life. I mm-hmm. I'm a, I say that all the time. I'm always trying to get comedians to take a deep breath. Just mm-hmm. like, and I'll ask someone like, do you remember the last time you did it? And they'll be like, oh, uh, 99, I guess. I <laughs> so like, yeah, I, I definitely always acknowledge that we forces you to, to really clear out your lungs. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Oxygen in the brain. Even breaking up weed and then breaking up a, a, a Dutch and filling the guts and filling it and then rolling Ugh, it and lighting the process. it. Yeah, the ritual. Every step of that, I can feel my whole nervous system get into a zone every time I do it. Mm-hmm. I literally, I've had people like get mad at me because if I get like a lot of weed at one time, I'll roll all of them into joints and they're like you have, you why have a job are you do. doing that yeah that's your job <laughs> but we've both talked about um in the past when we've dated other people and them making us feel uncomfortable about weed mm-hmm. like one time i dated a guy and sometimes like he would just ask me like do you need to smoke kind of yes. which would kind of make me feel like he was saying like you don't seem calm right. do you need to go do your little thing and it made me feel terrible it made me feel dirty yeah. And I just was like, don't clock when I do my thing. No, I just hated uh-huh. it. And I was like, I'm, I'll never go back to that. Yeah. It's like, are you PMSing? Like, ew. Yeah. Like, it's an ugly <laughs> If thing. you're depressed, like, did you take your meds today? Oh, fuck no. Mm-mm. It sounded just like that. Yeah. It sounded just like that. No, what were you going to say? I, I, I never made that mistake. <laughs> <laughs> or like being in the car. Being in the car, smoking weed. If you're on a long road trip or something with mm-hmm. someone and they don't smoke weed. They will make you feel like you have a problem. They'll make you feel yeah. crazy. Yeah. 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 I, I had an ex that um, he would be super judgmental about weed. And it wasn't even like, I feel like yours was even tame. It was like, oh, do you need to go do that? Like he would be like, really? You just smoked again? <laughs> you know? And I'd, I'd be like, you do so much cocaine. Like, how, is, <laughs> how is what you're doing acceptable? He's like, you can't smell it. He's like, you can't smell mm-hmm. what I do. That's like, really the mm-hmm. thing. People are like, it's yeah. dirty because we can smell it on you. And I'm like, yeah. I can see it on you. I can mm-hmm. see it on you. Donors get like a really bad rep because of, I guess, the smell. And it's such a loud smell. It's very like, it is. obviously assertive. weed. If you have weed mm-hmm. in, a, in a room where no one else has weed. Oh, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I just dream of a day when it's not that big a deal. Like we go outside and we just smell weed all the time. It's just on everybody. Babies smell like weed. That's what yeah. I want. That's the worst part. It's like when like what? you're out smelling like weed and then like you're just chilling and then some jerk walks by and like smells like weed in here and you're just like <laughs> Yeah. Like we need to normalize that where like I like you said, you just be out in public stink and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. Or but like also the worst is when you say that but you mean it to be like nice that you're like, Ooh, weed and somebody's like narc <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I wanted it to be invited. <laughs> yeah. So do like people who don't smoke weed like do we re- recommend it for them for sex because a lot of the time we'll get people asking like oh I can't like relax I can't let go like what should I do and like I want to recommend smoking but also I'm not sure well I'm not um I didn't write a book but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do I do feel like if you can master being comfortably high alone then I think it's a mm-hmm. good idea. But I do think that sometimes people haven't mastered like being high and being comfortable with being high. And then they mm-hmm. try to throw other things on top of it. And I'm like, no, you can't like figure out all these issues at the same time. I feel yeah. like if you can get to a point with weed when you can like 
I don't want to say control your high, but you can feel comfortable in it and feel safe in it. Then I think it mm-hmm. could be useful because even just as far as fluids, I think, you know, things flow easier when you're high. I think so. You think so? I think, I think. Ashley, what do you mm-hmm. think? I think it, it, it could be a toss up for everybody, but for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know if I see a difference for me, but I did read an article once that it dries people up. I think it can definitely put you in a headspace where you are more like open to arousal. But the the thing, here's my sex educator hat. The interesting mm-hmm. thing about being turned on and being aroused is that it only correlates with like wetness about 10% of the time for people with vulvas. Mm. So like everybody needs lube. And so okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of like use lube, even if you don't think you need it, certainly you do for like hand jobs and stuff, but like, Mm-hmm. Using lube, people who use lube are 80% more likely to orgasm. So like, as far as I'm concerned, that is, that is a statistic worth exploring. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like a foolproof plan. Right. Like, lube and, and weed? Like what's, somebody's getting off. Yeah. Everybody's happy at that point, especially if you happen to get like a little bit of kind of, you know, cotton cunt situation, which can happen yeah. for some folks. Oh, like, cotton cunt. Can, can, can I say that? Like yes, say, if, if you like, say it loud. Cotton cunt. <laughs> Not so loud, okay? That is that is great. You are so uh, welcome for that. Please tell everyone. <laughs> Put it on a T-shirt. Cotton cunt. There's a lot of weird ways you could read into that, though. So maybe not. And we've also talked about how weed can like make us feel very permanent in our feelings. Like, if mm. I feel like I don't want to have sex, if I'm high, then I feel mm-hmm. even more so like I absolutely don't want to have sex. Like, if something is turning me off, mm-hmm. if I'm high, it's turning me off a thousand percent. Off, off, off. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good, though. That's like, I think okay. so. Because we've been talking about, like, the consent conversation with drinking a lot. And, like, that's the exact opposite with drinking. Like, drinking, like you'll do something that you really didn't intend to do right. sometimes. But it, with, with weed, it's like, yeah, you just go harder into the way that you are already swinging. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we can all remember a time when we've been really high and been like, I don't like this. <laughs> like, no matter yeah. what it was, no matter what it was, whether it was sexual or not. And I just feel like sometimes when I'm not high, I don't feel as brave to say that out loud. Like, I don't like this. But if I'm high, I'm yeah. like, yo, bro, I don't like that. I don't want to yeah. that. Let's do, let's do another thing. Totally. And from a consent perspective, I like to have the conversation prior to the weed. Okay. Like I want to sit down and be like, Hey, let's get sexy. Or I want to explore this, or I want to try this thing, or I want to co-create sexually. And I'm going to use this strain or this product or this thing in my intention is to get this result. And then you kind of lay everything out. I say, negotiate before you medicate. And then you mm. kind of have a trajectory and then you use the weed and then you're good. And and if you need to dial differently, you can do that and tweak. And you can always be like, oh, shit, I got too high. We got to stop. Like that's that's kind of part of the assumed yeah. agreement at the beginning. But I'm too high now. I see you as a worm. And, <laughs> I... <laughs> and I can't possibly. I can no longer worm. do. Mm. Yeah, just snuggle me and, and feed me cookies. Mm-hmm. Also, so Chanel was just saying, like, it makes you more comfortable to, like, voice your opinions. Like, it ma- I feel more comfortable in daily life just being like, this is who I am. I'm not trying to, like, impress people or whatever. Like, it's great that, like, in sex it can get easier, too. Like, because I feel like a lot of people have 
trouble, not just speaking up, but like dirty talk specifically. Yes. Ashley, can you speak on that? I can. Uh, so I used to be a phone sex operator and I just over the summer launched a, an online dirty talk course because people mm-hmm. are so bad at it. They're yeah. so uncomfortable. They completely lack confidence. They have so much shame around like expressing their desires out loud or even just saying, yes, that feels good. Do that more. Or actually I need that yeah. a little bit to the left or what have you. And dirty talk is like the ultimate way to spice up sexual communication to be like, Oh yeah, mm-hmm. baby. Oh God. Just right there. No. Oh, you know what we feel even better is if you were like this and then you move their hand, like mm-hmm. it's so easy to just kind of seamlessly weave it in. Like I get so annoyed by my voice when I'm sober, but when I'm high, oh, oh. do you know what I mean? <laughs> I was going to say anytime I'm having sex, I don't want to hear my voice. It's- mm. It's like distracting from myself. I'm like, ah, oh, why are you? I, I get into my head no matter what. Yeah, he's, or not. he's crazy. I, I have like four. Great voice. Great voice. But yeah, once I start talking too much, I'm like, what What do you expect me to say to that? So I, don't, I don't say much, but, you know, <laughs> to each his own. But I also think that, you know, being really high, like having a smoke out session and getting really high and talking about sex way, way prior to even planning on having sex, like yeah. having mm-hmm. a session is really empowering too, because when we're really high, we can say that thing that in the moment, we don't even have the words to ask for. But mm-hmm. when we're really high, I can be like, you know, it, it makes me feel silly, but yo, I really like when you did that thing. Like I didn't say anything, yeah. I didn't really show it. But now that I'm really high, I do want to tell you, you could do that more. Yeah, a lot of post-game chat. That's so important. We break down the game. Like, you remember when you went left? We love to give awards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, we wow. love to give awards. A lot of like, MVPs. Oh, you were crazy today. And here's a, here's exactly what I love. Yeah. And we're and we're talking about it. Like, we're smoking. It's just a play-by-play. It's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't feel as invasive as, let's work on our sex, you know? Yeah. I love the debrief. Oh. It's so good. Like, I love that you guys are just doing that already like i tell my uh, couples that i work with to do the post-game debrief i know i think i think it's really so valuable being nasty we're just really i think we're just being nasty yeah we are being nasty good. but like we it's it's good it's comfortable but is it okay so do you ever get horny in the debrief Fuck yes, yes. <laughs> yeah it just, sometimes it'll turn into another session i'm like what's all this chalkboard and talking <laughs> why do you have all these graphs get over here it was great let's do it again but yeah, sometimes I, I do think we just like to give each other credit. Like, man, I really enjoyed that. And here's some things as we're smoking, I'd like to revisit. And mm-hmm. we'll get a little aroused now, but we'll, you know, save it for later. I, I'm thinking about like non-weed smoking. I don't think I would have been capable of having that conversation. You know, <laughs> I am I am probably a little more boisterous and capable because I'd be hot. And it's like, and I'm also, yes. you, you got to be comfortable with the person you're with. You know, we've had conversations from sex dirt so it doesn't really matter yeah Yeah, I think it's really nice for unlocking the shies not that it's going to make you like an extrovert all of a sudden but it does like my my anxiety is so much is curbed when I know that there's going to be a joint there or like Uh somebody else smokes weed there and we can just like especially like in comedy like if you're like oh like everything's just like there's too much stuff going on I need to get outside yeah and I just want to be one-on-one with a person and like get deep (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm such a fan of like knowing who you are and what your kinks are and desires and fantasies mm-hmm. and sharing that like a lot up front, like maybe not on the first date, but like very early on in the relationship. Cause I would rather know in the first few months, if we have any kind of fundamental incompatibilities, like I really like daddy girl role play mm-hmm. and you think that's really gross. Like I need to know that because yeah. we can't be together if you're not into this thing that I'm into. So I yeah, really yeah. encourage people yeah. to like cultivate awareness of their desires and share it as openly as possible so that you save yourself time down the line of being like, oh shit, you know, I married this person who's not into any of the things that I'm into. Oh my God. Yeah. And then you also become like a different version of you. Maybe if you try to like adapt to them, Mm -hmm. nobody likes to be stunted. Yeah. Most of the sex (laughs) are not, not most of the, we've only really been to one sex club, but we've been multiple times like for the podcast. And sex clubs, I noticed, are, like, really closely aligned with cannabis. Like, there's just, like, weed everywhere and, like, less less alcohol. More responsible partying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Alcohol makes things dangerous, man. It's like, why are we, be like, consuming this poison when there's this beautiful tree? There's a beautiful tree. <laughs> Before when we first started dating, like, when we were just friends and we first started dating, we had smoked together a lot. And then I remember thinking, like, man, I'm really starting to like this guy. I think I want to, like, jump on his bones. But I want to make sure that we have good um, chemistry, like, sexual chemistry. Yeah. I decided that when he came over to my house that night, we were going to get high together. And we were going to play a game where I would ask him um, to play a song from a certain artist. Like, play me your your favorite Tony Braxton song. Mm -hmm. And he just, like, would go on his phone and play it. And then he would have to ask me the same thing, play me your favorite voice in that song. We would do it. Yeah. And we went back and forth, and the song started to get more sexual. And, like, <gasps> you know, just the whole scene started to get very, like, you could feel us getting high and also really connecting yeah. on, like, an intimate level. And for me, that was, I literally set those tests up. For me, I was like, we have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. When we decide to cross this boundary, I feel very confident now that it's going to be good and that we really do. We are like vibing on a level. And I was right. I was absolutely <laughs> right. It's like as soon as we really connected, it was, you know, like we just got each other. I think, I think what she's saying is she ran game on me. I ran life. really good game on yeah. him. Oh yeah. The collaborative the playlist. He was sitting in the, he was sitting yeah. in the living room and I was just like, Hey, uh, do you want to play a game? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, yeah. I want to play yeah. a game. <laughs> <laughs> Like, before knowing anything about it, he was like, yeah, absolutely, I want to do whatever it is that you're thinking about, let's do that thing. And let's, and let's get closer, you know? Mm-hmm. That is incredible game. And look, now they're in a relationship and so close. Like, I, I can't... The, the difference between, like, the game that we do before we're dating and then, like, how we are in a relationship is just so funny. Like, I used to be like, oh, my God, I don't want, like been to see that like I've read his message and like I'm typing and now like we like shave our pubes in front of each other and like <laughs> yes Courtney did you like her always um I always thought she was attacking and I was impressed by her professionally so mm-hmm. I think once we became friends it was kind of one of those inevitable things mm-hmm. um but no I grew it grew pretty naturally like you know, you know when you when you jump somebody from afar, right? It's just like, man, I saw him, I wanted him photos. This was just like molded into friends. Friends became more. It's that's so interesting because it's that's a conversation Ben and I have all the time where I'm like, How did you not just love me at first sight? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And he gets that's so mad common, right? and he's like, 
I was getting to know you. Like, what is right. this like fairy tale, like love at first sight thing that like you expected? Like, we were friends. We started hanging out. We started getting to know each other. We got high together. We like had deep conversations. We talked about like weird shit. And then I liked you. Yeah. And I even remember caring about him and like what was happening in his life before we were even like a little bit romantic. Like, I remember him mm-hmm. telling me about like problems at a job once. And I was, like, worried about it and wanted to, like, give him information to help make it better. I was like, yeah, you know, I didn't really care about Courtney. I really care about what's happening in his life. And then, you know, it, it started to grow over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he's getting all, like, like I love candy. love. <laughs> it's so cute. I met my lover at a sex party. I did actually you? did. Hell yeah. I spotted him across the room. Mm-hmm. I was like, that one for sure. Then he took his pants off and I was like, fuck yes. And <laughs> his dick is big. It's big. And, and then he was like, I have a vasectomy. And I was like, my legs just spread. <laughs> and then, I mean, that was five and a half years ago. And we're oh. still having ridiculous sex, deep love, incredible explorations. We're also non-monogamous. So like he's married, he's got other partners. I have other partners, mm-hmm. but like the core of just that intense sexual chemistry immediately has continued well past the honeymoon period, which I am grateful <laughs> for. And did you both have the across the room feeling or was it we just did. you? It, it was, was so crazy. You? Fuck <laughs> you. No, I'm just kidding. He uh, messaged <laughs> me the next day and he's like, I saw you walk up like into the house where the sex party was. And I remember thinking like, Ooh, that, that could be something. And yeah. he was very impressed with me. He's like, Oh my God, you're like a person in the sex world. I was like, yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> and he like knew about you. He did. He had heard me on like Life on the Swing Set and some of the other podcasts back in the day. And so and we cool. bonded over the fact that we both had herpes. Like we did the herpes high five and that like made mm-hmm. everything easier. <laughs> what is Hell it about yeah. high fiving people you're having sex with that just says it's a good bond? <laughs> it's, bond. Uh, it's deep. <laughs> After a good time, Ben and I will be like, oh, great work. <laughs> team sport, you know, you want to celebrate Go each team. other. Go team. Very physical. I get it. <laughs> Do you guys use different strains for different activities? Like, I try to stay in a sativa if I'm, like, working. I do like sativa much more than him. I'm mm-hmm. much more of a, like, I need to feel up and, like, that's the type of high that I prefer. Um, he's, like, I, he loves the weed that'll put him to sleep. I'm trying to get smacked. Yeah, he loves the weed that'll knock him out. But <laughs> I don't want to be here like, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> on the day to day, unless we have like, unless I have something specific that I'm like, I really want to smoke with the two before, I'm not that picky. Mm-hmm. So we'll just smoke whatever. We smoke mostly hybrids, and mostly hybrids, with yeah. that, it's like hit or miss to me. But I think a good indica. And we do edibles pretty often too, like mm-hmm. you know, just popping a good candy and just seeing where the day takes us. Mm-hmm. Takes me nowhere. I usually <laughs> need like over a hundred milligrams or something, like something crazy for anything to start. So. He has a super high tolerance. I have a super high tolerance, too. Um, I took 250 milliliter or, you know, thing this big milligrams milligrams. uh, before my flight to New York last time we were there and nothing happened. And Ben was like, Ben was like, oh, my God, you just accidentally drank that whole thing. And I was like, accidentally, like. (laughs) 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 Um, Ashley, what about you? What's your strain? So. I'm a weed nerd. 
of course, because okay. I just wrote the book. Um, mm -hmm. So I find that the cannabinoid and terpene content of a given strain or product is more relevant to me than like sativa indica because I've had sativas put me to sleep and I've mm -hmm. had indicas get me like wired because mm -hmm. everything is actually a hybrid like scientifically. So sativa yeah. indica is more like marketing terms, but um, I like uh, Jack Herrera, which has a lot of limonene in it, which is um, the thing in, in oranges, which gives it that like zesty, like citrus burst. And that tends to be like very antidepressant and elevating. And that stimulates me without giving me anxiety, which I appreciate. I also like more balanced strains, like a Harlequin that's like a five to two THC to CBD ratio again, because of my anxiety. So I want something that's going to keep me a little okay. bit grounded, but also help me with like enhanced sensations and like creativity and presence. So wait, which one helps with anxiety? What part CBD is better for anxiety. CBD? Okay. Interesting. At high doses, like the, a 10 milligram gummy isn't going to do shit for you beyond like basic day stress. Like if you have actual anxiety, yeah. I mm -hmm. take like 200 milligrams of CBD and that a little bit like mm -hmm. you see these this shit that they're selling at gas stations it's like these these gummies that are five milligrams of cbd it's like stress relief it's, it's do like anything for anyone yeah maybe I mean, if you have a hangnail but like it just sounds like sugar to me i'm like why would yeah. i want to just eat the sugar and also not get high i yeah i once gave half a 10 milligram to my grandmother and like nothing happened and she was like 88 so like yeah. <laughs> i yeah uh, i I think I overdosed my parents. I uh, I think about a year, year and a half ago, I got them to do some edibles with me. Mm -hmm. And I gave my dad, I want to say about 70 milligrams. 70 milligrams? <laughs> Sorry. She wrote a book I, and she's surprised. I just told you it takes me like 100 to do it myself. So five. Like, five milligrams for newbies. Yeah. <laughs> I gave my mom 60 milligrams. He can't drink, really. My dad doesn't drink with milk. My dad handled it in a way where he was just like, so it's the whole day, just telling me how much he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was just staring, like, off into the distance. I was like, Dad, you all right? He's like, I'm fine. I don't like this. <laughs> um, my mom was saying how she was, like, seeing colors around the plants, and it was great for, like, the first hour. She was in heaven. And then, like, the, the rest of the day, she was like, I feel like, I feel like somebody's going to do something to me. <laughs> so I, I overdosed my parents. So it's like, luckily, you didn't give grandma any more than five. Because yeah. No, she was fine. But there was one time that uh, my sister and I, we've always wanted to smoke with our mom because like she's just super, well, not super uptight, but like she's a mom. She's uptight. And we're just like, <laughs> we want you to let loose or whatever. And she never would with us except one day Charlotte and I were having like a knockdown drag out sister fight, like screaming in the streets. And my mom was like, how do we fix this? And we were like, smoke weed with us. <laughs> the only way. There's she, no other way. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, my apartment's right here. Come upstairs. And then we like smoked a joint with her. And, and she did like the classic mom move of like being like, I'm so high. Like when she was like not high, but like it was appreciated. <laughs> my grandmother, before she passed, she used to do taxes. That was her like 
business. I do people's mm-hmm. income taxes. So one day she had this old lady client. I thought you were talking about like a drug. Who, I was like, what's taxes? <laughs> <laughs> she does taxes. Yeah. <laughs> no, so she's doing taxes and this old lady client comes and she needs her taxes done and she's like, I don't have any money, but I'll give you a joint because I have a prescription. I get weed. This is like, I don't even know, probably in the like early 2000s. So my grandmother does this lady's taxes, gets paid in weed, saves the weed for like 15 years. <laughs> and then one day realizes that I, her granddaughter, am now smoking weed. And she's like, Chanel, come here. I got something. It's crazy. <laughs> this lady gave it to me. She pulls it out. And it's like, it's like wrapped powder. in a wrapper. It's wrapped in a wrapper that you, like the little envelopes we get when we have a big uh, like maxi pad, like little purple envelopes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. wrapped in one of those. Great. Because this is how old lady transport drugs. Like that. <laughs> and so she gives it to me and she's like, be careful. This is aged weed. It's gonna, <laughs> you don't even know. So me and my friends set up like we're going to smoke this joint. Who knows what the afternoon is going to take if we smoke the whole thing. I turned to him. I'm like, are you high? He's like, nope. barely, <laughs> barely even a little. I was like, my eyes feel itchy. I'm hungry. I'm not high. Mm-mm. And then I had to go home and tell my grandmother that shit had us fucked up. <laughs> we, we were laid out on the floor. We couldn't remember our name. You didn't waste your money and time. Yeah. I was like, do this lady's taxes all the time? She's a drug (laughs) fan. See, the reason for that is THC degrades into CBN over time, and CBN is like Mm. very sedate and not nearly as psychoactive as THC is. Like, I didn't didn't know the letters, but I knew I was like, it's not the stuff I needed. It's not the normal stuff. Because you want it to be like wine. Like you want it. Right. Wouldn't that be great? I think it's going to be like great. Yeah. And they'll just ferment. But no. Like 1998. That was a great year. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, then. (laughs) Hash can age over time. Hash will do that, but not flour. That's good to know. Courtney, you said your parents are both Jamaican. Did they grow up there or were they here? No, they grew up over there. They didn't come here until they were maybe in their 20s. Did they ever get like made fun of for not smoking weed? Well, my mom is a really, really sweet woman. And then my dad, I don't know, nobody bothered him. He had a lot of friends that would smoke weed and he would kick them out of his car if they wanted yeah. to smoke. Like he was a whole asshole about it. Yeah, And yeah, they're yeah. both educators. They both are like very high ranking teachers in their respective industries. Mm-hmm. And like they just were very, they're very scholared people. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I don't know anybody in the weed community who's like, oh, you're so like lame that you don't smoke weed. Like that's not right. a thing. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, you don't smoke? Cool. More for me. Great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I feel like with drinking, there's so much more of like a pressure of like, come on, have another shot or whatever. But if somebody's in like right. my little smoke circle and just wants to be there to talk but not smoke, I'm like, right. that's like, great. The rest of us can get more high. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't like the people that are like asking you what being high feels like. Sometimes yeah. I get into conversations like that with people, especially comedians, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you're killing my high and <laughs> nobody needs that, you know? You should mm-hmm. back up. <laughs> yeah. Or if they like start to be like, ooh, is this okay that I'm not high? You know, and it's like, <laughs> you're making me feel very strange now. <laughs> One time I had a friend with me at like a comedian's party and he was like a very straight edge, doesn't smoke weed, but wanted to hang out with comedians. And so Mm -hmm. we went outside to smoke weed, but we hadn't started yet. Somebody just like lit a cigarette and we were hanging out. Mm -hmm. And my friend turned to me and was like, hey, I think I got a contact. 
And I was like, oh, no one's, we're not smoking weed yet. I don't know if this is the place for you uh, to be. I think you should leave this party because I can't have you saying things like that out loud. And I think I, I think I caught a contact and everybody looked around like, from what? We haven't, what are you talking about? Oh, no. Oh. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> um, Ashley, you host all, or you like teach sex and cannabis to people. Have you been doing that during COVID? It's all been virtual. Like I have okay. not really left my apartment since March because mm-hmm. um, I live half a block from the beach. So like that's real nice. But cool. in terms of everything I've been doing professionally, I see all my clients online. Mm-hmm. I've been doing virtual workshops. I have one coming up with Hustler um, next week. And so that's that's what I've been doing when people are like, oh, like sex and weed education. I'm like, cool. Speak at conferences. It's all via Zoom, yeah. nice and safe. No more passing joints. I think we, I think the era of passing joints has passed, which is crazy. I, know. Um, I, know. I don't miss it. I don't miss, I don't miss, miss it either. It. Even a little <laughs> like, bit. I enjoy telling people no. I love the feeling now. Mm-hmm. It gives me a rush. Remember being outside in the weed circles with, with comics and then like some random comic that was never invited comes by and he's just like, Folks his head around. Now you can completely ignore. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, that was just for you guys, name, for us. <laughs> any type of comedian who has the name of, of some type of part of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's what's been cool about COVID is like you can just be like, no, you don't you don't no. smoke my weed anymore. But also like in like I'm in Portland, like I buy packs of pre-rolls now do you remember like when that like meme with the marlboro but it was like green and it was like oh you could buy weed cigarettes someday and we were like this is gonna this is gonna happen like everybody used to have that conversation of like this is gonna happen we're gonna be able to Mm -hmm. buy and now you can you totally can yeah i can't believe it's a thing it feels modern and sexy Mm-hmm. Do you have a medicinal card or is it recreational out there as well? Totally recreational. recreational. Yeah. Oh, nice. We need. We, I need to get a medicinal card for PA. I think. Right. Yeah. I don't think they're gonna uh, give it to him. No. <laughs> <laughs> you never I think know. He goes to meet with them. <laughs> He's say something wrong. I heard you were adding anxiety to the list. I'm from PA originally. Uh, where are you guys oh, at? I've heard that too. I'm where? in the Poconos. Poconos, nice. I'm from outside yeah. of Philly. I just learned that the Poconos are in. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think that we're upstate New York right now. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah. But I miss passing joints with the people I like and also not being like vilified for coughing. Now I just have to be like, it's weed, not COVID. <laughs> the one thing that I think COVID robbed of me of was I have a Sibian and I used to take it to sex parties with my weed lube and be mm-hmm. like, here, like put on weed lube and then ride the Sibian. And I can't do that anymore. And I'm very bummed out about oh. it. What? Sibian, it's a rideable sex machine. It's it's like if a vibrator had a Harley motor. Oh, yeah, yeah like, a, like a saddle. I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. Saddle, the vibrating saddle. Mm-hmm. Hi. Mm-hmm. That is really that is a very nice party favor to bring for people. I was popular at parties. It was like I show up with Sibian and weed, and people are like, "Hey, how big is the Sibian that you're just bringing it around? Like this big, like a foot, yeah, yeah." (laughs) If you can see that that box right there behind me, that has the Sibian in it, and so the black black box. box. It's got like, yeah. It's got a little roller on it. Now it's a desk. It's become a fucking desk because I don't yeah. take it to parties yeah. anymore. 
<laughs> Thanks, COVID. Um, yeah, no, that sucks that we can't, I guess, touch each other. But they should, I mean, like, Court, Courtney's got a really great comedy show, and we all, like, we've been doing, like, virtual comedy, and his is called Smoke Break, and, like, you literally can just go to a Zoom in your house, smoke a joint. <laughs> like, I think for a lot of weed smokers, it's the ideal way to attend a comedy show. Like, you don't have to talk to anybody mm-hmm. after. Yeah. Weed, weed people love to, like, go to a thing but not be at the thing. I want to go somewhere mm-hmm. and be I alone. <laughs> Come to my comedy show. Yeah. How has it been, Remy, like, um, having sex in Ben's parents' house? Because uh, we, we're doing the same thing in his parents' house, but his parents aren't here. And yeah. so that's been a great, like, that was great for us pandemic-wise. We had three male roommates in New York. Mm-hmm. And it was like quiet sex all the time, except when we feel like being, you know, Rude. bad roommates. But now we're here. It's like, let's do it in the kitchen that's with nice. the window open. <laughs> yeah. that's nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, that you guys, you need a show about your love. <laughs> I would watch it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's been a different situation for us, for sure. We need a show, too. Yeah, but I don't think that we would be doing well if weed wasn't so accessible here, like, without, like, the ability to, like, release together. Like, we need other outlets and, like, yeah. So we do a lot of driving and smoking and bonding. Yeah. yeah. And and the relationship is still good. Yeah, we we really enjoy taking a drive. <laughs> I love a drive. There's actually, there's something that... uh Helen Fisher, she's a doctor. We had her on episode three last season, and she was talking about bonding with guys specifically, and you do it in the car because they like to like mm-hmm. look forward. Yeah, because they were like evolved while hunting or whatever. So like, and they just talk, they just fill. Mm-hmm. Combining it with weed, I asked Ben a question this morning about like one of his old relationships in the car. <laughs> And he answered. He just was like, oh, yeah, here's the fact. Yeah. I love it. It was wild. Yeah. I'm telling so, all the boys. yeah, if you need somebody. <laughs> I'm telling all the boys, make eye contact while you drive. <laughs> years and years ago, I read some, like, Cosmopolitan article that said, if you can make a man's heart race in a non-sexual way, he'll want you even more later on. And so I do that mm. all the time with him. I will book. <laughs> we, we, we can let ATV riding. What? We went Ooh. This, this whole trail in the mountain with this instructor. It was great. He had such a good time. And, like, I'm always looking for things like that to challenge him physically. I don't like to say this around him. To challenge him physically. Yeah. To trick him mentally. <laughs> feeling uh-huh. like we're super connected. <laughs> because of that That's Cosmopolitan so article forever ago. If you can make you do get him act- revved up. If you can do activities that get him excited and challenge him physically in a non sexual way, then he will mm-hmm. really enjoy just being with you and recognizing that he feels excited. And then also when you mm-hmm. are sexual, he'll be more excited because he's been revved up. And since then I was like, that makes sense. Technology, yeah. I agree. And I'm always like trying to find <laughs> physical things for us to do that like are fun dates, but also like secretly in my head. I'm like, let's get you going, you know? Let's get you excited. Mm-hmm. Coffee. Dark chocolate. <laughs> I'm just, eat this. I'm always like, let's see what happens on Tuesday. Just eat this. Dick. <laughs> oh, dick. Dick <laughs> She's literally telling you all of her secrets, but you're already in love, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's the same for me. We're high. 
Do you guys want to tell your car story since we're talking about automobiles? Car story. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we can tell the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were just friends, but we were just starting mm-hmm. to like feel a little. Like I remember, it was very recently after me acknowledging that I missed him. Like he had been gone for a while. I was like, man, mm-hmm. I kind of miss Courtney. Like I kind of miss just like us talking and hanging out. A lot of this story is based in me trying to prove that. I can provide for you. I am good man. <laughs> I take care of James, right? So if I didn't like her, none of this shit would happen. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh. I didn't know. But um, we were in New York, and he was like, I had a show in Philly, and I missed the bus to it, like, just, just because of New York traffic. And he was like, I'll drive you there, which to me was like, why would you do that? Why would you drive some girl from mm-hmm. New York to Philly to go to her show? She's not going to give you any money. She's a broke-ass comedian. Um, mm-hmm. there, the show could be terrible, you know, like, why would you do it? So we're, we're, he says that he's going to do it. I'm like, that's nice. This guy's high. We get in the car <laughs> and then like halfway there, the car breaks down. Aww. The car breaks down on the side of the highway. And because I'm, I'm such a responsible lady, I have, um, like AAA, even though I don't have a car mm-hmm. at the time, I have AAA because I sometimes get in cars with guys. And sometimes their shit is sure. broken. He like has a whole mental breakdown because he feels terrible that I'm going to miss my show and I'm in his car and he's like embarrassed and I'm having a breakdown because I'm going to miss my show and I need to get to my show <laughs> and there's money that I will get after I perform at my show. And so we both like break down and have this like, you just have to be as honest oh. as possible in this car for a few hours. And then we, we talk the tow truck driver into, Driving me to my show. I threatened. Yeah, he wow. kind of threatened to fight him. The guy was being an asshole, right? <laughs> he didn't want to take me, and I was like, "Guy, like these people are sitting in a in a theater. They're waiting for me to come and do jokes. You have to, like, oh. you have to." Mm-hmm. I asked him nicely. I'm like, "Hey, could you just take us to this one spot and just drop her off, let her get out the car, and then I'll keep going with you. actually on the way?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Nah, I can't do can't that. Can't do it." So I sat there in silence for maybe ten seconds, and then I was just like. Hey, what's your fucking problem? All right. So then I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, let's calm down. And I remember thinking, this is the first time I've ever seen Courtney get angry. I've never seen him like raise his voice at another person. Like he's really feeling nothing about this. So I like calm him down, and the guy like thinks about it, and then he realizes it's the right thing to do. So it's a tow truck. Mm. This tow truck. He drives us to Philly, drops us off in front of the theater. This big tow truck. It's such a scene. We get out the car, and he gives me a hug. We don't kiss yet. We have never kissed but it's like a very passionate hug. And then the guy takes him and he makes it back to the show after getting dropped off to catch my set. He made it back. Literally walked in as she walked in. As I was being on stage, so I'm on stage and I see him come in and I'm like, wow, I can't believe like all of this worked out. We made it on time and the car is okay. And he made it to the show. And I was like, man, I really like this guy. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And then we slept on our friend's couch for two days. It's a movie. It felt like a movie. When the car first broke down, he, like, got out of the car and went into this field and was, like, kicking rocks. And I was watching him. I was like, man, this guy's losing it, man. He's really, he's having a hard time with this. But, you know, we're going to work together. We'll be okay. She's really impressed about yeah. Never, ever, ever, ever missed a show before. So I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, you're entire, and this is, like, four years, three years ago. Yeah. So like, your entire career is in my hands. I could make you a mm-hmm. failure by not getting you to this. But it was so important. It Every was really important yeah. to me. It was so important to me. Even just me thinking about the fact that 
somebody could say, I bought a ticket to go see Shanali and she didn't show, I was like, oh, yeah. who am I, Lauren Hill? Yeah. Who do I think I am? I can't live like this. <laughs> But it's also, it's really nice that like you could show how passionate you are about your job and that wasn't threatening to him, especially being in the same industry because like. And I remember thinking it was a gamble when I felt myself getting emotional. Like, man, I'm about to like, you know, really get emotional in this guy's car and his car is broken down. It's not my car. But also like, this is honest. It means this much to me, the idea that I could miss this Mm -hmm. show and I need to impress it upon him so that he'll take me seriously, you know? And so I was happy that he kind mm-hmm. of met my energy and was like, well, let's figure it out. You know, we'll get it done. Mm-hmm. Kicks a lot of rocks that night. <laughs> How much weed did you guys have on you to like stay sane? Not enough. Not enough. Not enough. Maybe, maybe like one blunt left. That's when we were oh. still like buying eight. Yeah. We were so young. So poor. Mm-hmm. We were so poor. <laughs> so I probably, I probably rolled a blunt. We had already smoked it on the way there. So we probably had just enough to get a weed back. Horrifying. Horrifying, right? Now we always bring it out to weed wherever we go. <laughs> always. I can't even like explain to you. We were in a house like last week and I got a pack of 10 for every day that we were there. And then two more packs just in case. And I ran out. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you pre-planned. I think next time when you buy those free ones, you got to break them apart. That's what slows you down. The actual rolling process. <laughs> I've done that. Rolls, I'm whipping them out one by one by one by one. Yeah, that's the, like, it's very like Coco Chanel to just pop open a pack of free rolls and be like, I'm going to light up. It's, it's fine. I have them rolled. They're ready. I also love with a pre-roll, like the roach that's left over usually has like a substantial amount of weed left. So you can always pop them through and make a second generation, which most people find disgusting. It is smoking tar, but I love it. Yeah, I think you're getting way higher. That's my favorite kind of weed, I think. I don't don't want anybody to tell me the real science behind it. I believe that you get really, really high. And as a Jew, (laughs) I never feel more frugal. (laughs) That's right. Habit on a budget. Remember when we first started dating, I used to save all of my stems? Yeah. I used to save all of my weed stems because I was so poor, such a poor comedian. And I would keep them in this big yeah. mason jar with like a, a couple of nickels, like just some coins mm-hmm. in it. And then I would shake the jar once it got full and all this heat would fall out and some weed. And Ooh. it blew his mind that I had the discipline to <laughs> save every stem. Like he would come over and be like, I can't believe you do this system. I just can't understand mm-hmm. how you have this discipline. And to me, it was like, I don't have enough money to not be high, but I want to be high. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's saving. <laughs> but I, is there a thing about weed smokers liking to save stuff? Because I even like to save ash. Like I like to see it. Like last week, I filled up a shot glass with ash and I was like, don't throw it out. Don't throw it yeah. out. I, I think I yelled at him for that exact yeah. thing like a few days ago. Don't throw that ash out because I'm going to use it for efficiently putting out uh, blunts without wasting weed. I don't do it. You do things for efficacy and like for like, well, I, oh, there's going to be Keith. There's going to be. I label the things that I do with stuff like that is um, just growing up without parents. I always say there's certain things that as an orphan you do to mm-hmm. make things last longer. I am one yes. like, he'll buy me a candy bar and be like, why didn't you eat that candy bar? And I'm like, I'm saving it for, I don't know. I'm saving it. <laughs> Yeah. And then you'll eat it. And I'm like, well, I have to buy me another one because you promised me like candy bars, <laughs> you know. But I think that's something that we have always mm-hmm. acknowledged is like difference in how we were raised and how we feel about certain things. Like I, I, yeah. I'm always saving things for an experience because I feel like you never know. Mm-hmm. 
That's so interesting. Do you guys still have that podcast? Daddy with Issues. Do you still do that? We don't really do it anymore, but um, we interviewed a lot okay. of like comedians who grew up in less than two parent households. Talked about mm-hmm. you know how they learned to tie their shoes. Like how did you learn to balance your checkbook? You know. Um, and I'm yeah. really proud of it because even now, still, the episodes are out and people write me from all over right. the world saying, like, this podcast, you know, made me feel better about not having parents. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys grew up with no parents or one parent, listen to that podcast. Daddy, Daddy list issues. issues. Yeah. So who did you grow up with? I lived around a lot. I lived in foster homes for a good amount of time. And mm-hmm. then in, like, junior high, I lived with my uncle until I was 18. And so I guess there wasn't, like, a consistent person talking about weed no definitely not no and i my uncle used to smoke weed when i was in high school and i lived with him he smoked weed i only knew it from like just the smell in the house but i wasn't a weed smoker mm-hmm. and i started to steal his weed and sell it still wasn't smoking but mm-hmm. i would steal it and sell it because i remember <laughs> thinking what are you gonna do you gonna ask me <laughs> what are you gonna do <laughs> you know? right right uh, to me that was like well i'm gonna get over on him because he's supposed to be taking care of me he's in here getting high <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal his weed and sell it. And that'll teach him. Like, it made me feel really good. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, you've just always been very industrial. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I love saving stuff. And like, we'll get in fights sometimes where I'll be like, you threw out all the roaches. And he'll be like, what did you want those for? And I'm like, for right now. And we don't have any weed left. We definitely balance our like saving of drugs and things differently. But I, I think mm-hmm. luckily we both work hard to get drugs enough. <laughs> mm. <laughs> we... <laughs> We can, always, we can always say, like, yo, I don't, I don't really like that you smoke all of roaches, but there's enough weed that I can't complain yet. But, you know. Right. That's, you know we, when we first started sharing weed, we had different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. I smoke it all. <laughs> Ashley, are you a saver? Not of weed. Um, I save sex toys. Like, I have dildos from, like, eight or nine okay. years ago that I never use. They're just, like, in a box under my bed, but I can't get rid of them because, like, you just never know. Someday when I'm strapping on, somebody mm-hmm. may, might be like, oh, I really like that one. Fuck me with that. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have the say. I have a, a full box in the city that Ben's like, do we need to save this? Like, you've used all of these once. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> Again, someday. Maybe I'll have a flashback. You never then, know. Maybe I miss yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we do have to talk about weed and memory for a second because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, like, what are the negative effects? Like, does it fuck up your long term memory? Does it fuck up your short term memory? Um, Ashley, what would you say to that? I would say that THC and short-term memory are not friends. Uh, It's one of the Mm -hmm. reasons that I really recommend people keep like a tracking journal of the Mm -hmm. the products and strains they're using specifically with with regard to intimacy because you might smoke a little bit and then have phenomenal sex and be like, shit, what was I using? And, Mm. And how much and like how long did it take to kick in and what did it actually do to my body? So I... I used to keep a spreadsheet and then I switched to like just a paper journal mm-hmm. um, and I made one. So if you go to my website, you can like download a free okay. journal because I want to make it easy for people. I get that not everybody's as much of a nerd as I am. So <laughs> let me just. Yeah. No, but even like a thinking journal, like we're all comics. Like how many times have you had an amazing thought that you're like, that is hilarious. Yeah. I'll remember it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you don't remember it. Not one time. I'm probably like one to 90. <laughs> and actually getting it into a note. Yeah. Write stuff down. Like if you're going to get to the point that you're high and thinking of really cool stuff yeah. or doing really cool sex, like try to remember that. Or just even like. Then it's just like a. Turn on a voice note and just start talking to yourself, you know? Yeah. 
So then it's yeah. really encapsulate that whole feeling. I, I definitely agree that weed affects your memory. I can't tell you how many times I've been like, what did I come in this room for? I'm high. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what I was doing. Or or times when I've been really high and like I like to get high and go shopping and then I came home and I was like, I didn't get the the thing that I went out for, I don't think, but I got this other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it affects me with intimacy. I don't think I've ever been like, Oh, I forgot that we already did that position already <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think I don't think it has. I, I always remember to have sex. I definitely short term memory. I don't I feel like I like to say I've never forgotten anything important. Mm. You know it I mean? feels like that. Like, I, feel that I say that, but I've also forgotten her birthday one year, so it's like Oh no. No, but even more embarrassing is we were talking to someone and the girl was saying, Yeah, my birthday is May thirty first. She was saying, On March thirtieth, I want you guys to come and do a thing. And he was like, We will come, it's her birthday. And she was like, It's your birthday? And I was like, It's not my birthday. Absolutely not. I've been dating him for a while. He doesn't know everything is, but we will come. We are still going to be there. <laughs> I mean, Ben and I were doing a show once that he was running and there was like this like graphic on the wall behind all the comics that said your name really big and he spelled my last name wrong. So, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's like, I know who you are though. You've been making up for it. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. He really has. He, yeah, you yeah. remember that. He, he, has, he has never forgotten any birthdays. <laughs> I don't forget things during sex, but I get very engrossed in what I'm doing. So I end up giving like a 90 minute hand job. <laughs> I can say that weed helps with that too. Cause sometimes you, I feel like if you're super sober, you can feel like, especially if you're, you're giving something to someone, you'd feel like you're counting every minute yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. not super enjoyable. But I do feel like with mm-hmm. weed, you're like, what's time man i'm just right this is just this feels good yeah i I even feel like you could get so in yourself that you're like i I mean i'm obviously physically doing this to you but it's kind of Mm -hmm. for me and i'm enjoying this time and it's like less goal oriented too it's not like that i gotta get you off it's just like Like, look at this soft thing i'm high and this is a cool toy Right. Yeah. No, I like fucking for hours. I can't fuck for hours, but definitely it's <laughs> like I'm going down. It's like it, it. If I'm not high, I'm thinking about patterns and like you know continuity. If I'm down there and I'm high, I'm just doing like a circle, and it's like Picasso. It's like whatever the fuck <laughs> comes next. You know what I mean? Versus like I gotta, I gotta do one, two, three, four, one, two, three. No, no. When you're high, you get a chance to let loose and. Totally. Find it naturally, I guess. I don't know. And I think we've had a lot. Yeah. I, not a lot. This doesn't happen every time, but we've had a good amount of time during sex where we burst into laughter because yeah. we were yes. so high and something silly happened or, you know, just like unexpected whatever. And I just feel like we were it's so comfortable that and high that we were like, let's just laugh together and then, you know, we'll get back to it. But, you know, <laughs> let's take a second and just giggle. That's fucking goofy. Like, laugh. It's yeah. That makes better sex. It's the silly thing we're doing. Ashley, what's the deal? Like, what makes... THC or CBD like good for like chemically like what's going on so the research is still unclear in a lot of ways what we do know is that THC is a vasodilator so it brings more blood flow to the area that's why your eyes get bloodshot and you get kind of flushy Mm -hmm. when you're smoking Um, when you apply that to the genitals that makes you get engorged and it gives your clit an erection which Mm -hmm. let's get erection so that's a win Mm -hmm. Um, so when you're consuming it 
orally, it does help kind of relax you and, and get the blood flowing more and, and uh, make you more focused and, and open to sensation and discerning new and hotter sensations. Like I get erotic zones that come online that I'm, that are not present when I'm Ooh. not learning. Yeah. Um, so that happens. And then with CBD, it's really good for like anti-inflammatory. It's not as impressive for sensation. So it's really good for people who have like pain with penetration. It can help kind of calm that down. Uh, also after you've been fucking for hours or however long, mm-hmm. like, and you're sore and swollen, like putting some THC and CBD on yeah. your bits as like a, a salve afterward, mm-hmm. really beneficial. So you're ready to roll for next time. Little aftercare. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I love that. Um, okay. And so on this podcast, we have to ask everybody about their first time coming story. So um, I don't care who goes first, but maybe Chanel. Because... <laughs> Ready. All right. Chanel, when did you come for the first time and how was that? Um, I think I came for the first time when I was 18. And I had been dating my high school boyfriend, who was my first for a while. And I had never, ever came with him. I never really enjoyed having sex with him. And I, it actually started to make me question my sexuality at the time. And I was like, wow. man, you know, I don't really like this. I've been with this guy for a couple of years. I really, really just am not enjoying it. And then I um, kind of just got into a, a sexual relationship with a close friend. And we just had better chemistry. And he was, you know, just more caring. And I remember the first time we hooked up, I mm-hmm. orgasmed. It was great. And then the way home, I just remember, like, screaming out the window, I like sex! <laughs> it's so <laughs> what was going on and it was scary as a coming of age like i was like man all my friends are they're getting it in and i'm just like this is what is going on um but mm-hmm. yeah so just so after that i felt like i really didn't struggle anymore i started to obviously get to know my body more and more as i got older but yeah 18 I think it's so weird. that's awesome cool courtney well i was 13 <laughs> nice i feel like I feel like that story always goes that way, where a guy is going to be like, yeah, I was like 10 years old, I was masturbating. You know, because that's, mm-hmm. it's pretty one, two, three for guys. There's not a lot of psychological stuff going on. But the story was interesting because it was my first time masturbating, having heard about it from my friends and everything like that. And I think it was like mm-hmm. the first summer that I actually stayed in America. So I had okay. a lot more free time and access to a computer. Mm-hmm. In Jamaica, my grandma was like always in the room. So um, <laughs> in my gra- I'm in my dad's office and I'm sitting in probably the loudest like office chair, like one of those chairs where you lean back and it's ah! <laughs> so every motion was like an alarm, right? So I'm sitting back there with the door closed. I made sure not because I was like, if I have to get up and unlock the door, somebody's coming, they're all gonna know what I'm doing. So I I put on yeah. my favorite black corn. And I just made it happen. And it probably took like a minute and a half. I came on my belly and I literally went to sleep feeling like I did it. Like I have something to talk about now. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I, I'm sure. Let's give them something to talk about. <laughs> I, my friends ain't the only ones coming. All right. <laughs> I, but, but I'm going to make sure I make it sound real cool when I tell them. I never told anybody but you. 
but it's, uh, I don't know. that was my first time, and I don't know. Did it feel like it took forever? Like that minute and a half? Did it feel like eight years? No, man. That it felt like I was almost done by the time I touched. Because granted, there was like like so much preamble of like checking the door and then lowering the volume, yeah. making sure the thing. I plugged out the speakers. <laughs> foreplay. Yeah, I'm mean, like there was so much foreplay. I was pre coming by the time I had to press play, and I was like, I was so excited. I made it happen. It's done. It's done. Sounds thrilling. Yeah. Oh, thrilling. What I a know. time. Guys, yeah. always suck, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It doesn't suck. I love it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's cute. cute. It's adorable. There's no coming of age beautiful deep flowering. It's just like all out with being dirty. <laughs> no, we love a solo touch. Ashley, was yours a solo touch? Mine was a solo touch, mm-hmm. uh, albeit much younger than everyone else. Uh, my parents found me in the bathtub when I was five. Go, girl. Baster. Yes, bitch. <laughs> me and a turkey baster. My dad loves telling that story at Thanksgiving. I'm like, oh God damn it. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so happy this I is our Thanksgiving remember. episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that experience specifically, but I remember somewhere around like seven or eight, I started playing with my clit and I didn't know what it was called at the time, but I was totally edging because mm-hmm. what I figured out was that when I came, the pleasure stopped. Like it felt really good, but then uh, I was done. And so I didn't want that to happen. So I would get really uh, close yeah. and then stop and then get really close and then stop. And like, I would try to do it as long as I could without coming because mm-hmm. I didn't want the pleasure. To st- I was a hedonist pretty much from the time I was born. I love is that. what I'm telling you. I love that. It's so cute. And like, did anybody ever shame? Like they like to tell the story, but was it in a shameful way or was it like a Ashley's so cute and perverted? That it was more of that, and uh, my parents okay. definitely like walked in on me when I was somewhere around eight, nine, like rubbing myself vigorously under the covers, and they're like, <laughs> "All right, we're coming in now." I'm yeah. Like, oh shit, shit. Um. So yeah, they knew. I remember my mom being like, "It's the ultimate form of safe sex, honey. Just like it's fine. It like is. masturbation was always Man, very that so encouraged in my house." Um, so much of my family dynamic was not healthy and not positive, but like the attitudes around masturbation were very positive. Yeah. Everybody gets a little unhealthy and health or whatever. And I think like you can't just learn it from your parents because it takes a village of podcasters. (laughs) We still have a lot of people who cannot come, uh, listening to this podcast naturally. What would your advice be for them? Release attachment to outcomes. The harder okay. you try to come, the more elusive it becomes. Mm-hmm. So just do what feels good and keep mm-hmm. doing what feels good and let it happen. Um, yeah. Also, if you're really like attached to, I need to have an orgasm, Betty Dodson, who was my oh, mentor, who I learned peace. from. Rest in peace. Rest in pleasure. She's yeah. such a fucking badass. Uh, she just died on Halloween for yeah. anyone who doesn't know. And she has a technique called the rock and roll technique that was actually studied. Yes by a group in Denmark that found that um, 93% of, right. She talked they talked about it on goop. Yeah. She's, she's all over the place. She's mm-hmm. so prolific, but her method got 93% of women who were anorgasmic for 12 years to orgasm in the presence of a therapist. So wow, her method is solid. If you look up Betty Dodson rock and roll technique, like that's a solid one to start with. Oh go to God. a body sex retreat when you're allowed to go to retreats again. Mm-hmm. I offer them like they have, we have facilitators all over the world mm-hmm. and learn how to masturbate because a lot of people don't, they, they think it's just one thing because they watch porn they try to emulate that. And like watching porn to try to have sex is like watching the fast and the furious to learn how to drive. Like you're, <laughs> you're watching professionals on a closed course. Like that's not, that's not how that works. Yeah. 
with way less hair than there will be. So much less hair. <laughs> that was a Vin Diesel is bald joke. Um, yeah. And like Chanel was saying in the beginning, like it's kind of the same smoking and getting comfortable and masturbating and getting comfortable like alone, like get comfortable alone and then maybe try to bring it in with another person. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, but you guys, this has been so much fun. Uh, Ashley, can you tell everybody where everybody can find you on the internet? Absolutely. You can find me on my website, canasexual.com on Instagram at canasexual. I have a podcast myself called Elevated Intimacy mm-hmm. and Remy, I'll have to have you on. Also, oh, you guys, that. I would love to have you guys on as well. Like, oh, we'd love to. We love to. Me. You're so amazing. So <laughs> yeah, hit me up and, and thank you so much for having me. For sure. Chanel, where can everybody find you? Oh man, you can follow me on Instagram at Chanel Ali. And if you like my comedy, you can check out my debut album on Spotify and anywhere where they're playing funnies. It's called Chanel Number One. Mm-hmm. And it's a bottle of Chanel Number no. Five, but filled with weed. That's right. And I have lighters. <laughs> you want to buy one? Courtney's pushing my merch for me. I don't know what. what? <laughs> These are twelve dollars. <laughs> you can buy my lighter, and it's, the lighter has a like, QR code to the album. So just, sick. Yeah. So then you could just like get high and listen to jokes and think about us having sex. <laughs> yeah, I did this whole time. Um, Courtney, <laughs> where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, you can all find me everywhere at Full Court Comedy. Uh, um, pretty much. Instagram, everywhere, TikTok. I'm probably going to change my name to Cotton Punch. Cotton Punch, yes. <laughs> With credit, thank you very much. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but for now, you can find me at Full Court Comedy. Perfect. My alarm keeps going off to hide the joint before they get back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you guys, this has been so much fun. I do have to ask you all this question after a sexual experience, which this has been. Um, Ashley, did you finish? Yeah, absolutely did. Okay, great. Chanel, did you finish? I came. Great. Courtney, how about you? I'm edging, but I'm enjoying it. I love it. You guys, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> thank you for letting us come. Of course. Yes. Um, and we will see you next time on How Come. Goodbye. It's not you, it's me I try so hard to finish honestly They say you'll know When you go all the way from A right down to O Oh no I think that I still got a ways to go Oh oh I'm sick of this and I have got to know how come? How come? How come I can't achieve? How come I can't achieve? I'm rolling up my sleeves. I'm rolling up my sleeves. Oh, baby, I believe these guests can help. Cause I can't do it by myself. I wanna just.